0: All right, guys. Thanks for hopping on. What day is today? October 17th. Sunday, October 17th. Sunday night
1: strategy session. A couple things to go over really quick. I am presenting from outside. So if there is a bunch of road noise or you can hear stuff in the background, let me know. I'll just scoot inside. It'll take me two seconds. But I'm going to sit out here while I still can. I'm still down here and I want to be able to take advantage of the weather. We're going to be talking about a few different things um, before we head into our scanning portion. We're going to start off with some quotes that Mike Bellafori uh, did an awesome job relaying over Twitter from Trading for a Cause. Absolutely awesome event that's going on this weekend. Features a bunch of the biggest traders on FinTwit and uh, around social media space. Verified traders for the most part. Uh, so no gurus or anything. It's just guys that generally know what they're doing and, sh- and tend to share it online. So we're going to go through a bunch of these different quotes. We're going to talk about them. I'm going to ask you guys to please participate in this portion. I want to know as a group individually, how these things affect you, what your viewpoints are. We're going to dive into Koi fin, look at risk on risk off levels, different sector and industry strength. And then we're going to wrap it up with scanning settings
0: or, uh, the scanning portion. All right. So first things first.
1: I'm gonna post some uh, quotes. I'm obviously gonna read them out so the guys listening to this on Spotify can also uh, answer them out loud. But please
0: either type or, or comment on voice uh, what you guys think about this. So the first one is you cannot ignore the rules that got you here. What does that mean to you guys? Don't get an ego. Don't get an ego. Good. Remember the fundamentals that got you here. Fundamentals? Play the game the way it is, not the way you want it to be. Good. There's
1: no right or wrong answer for any of this, by the way. It's just how this makes you feel. So fundamentals, ego, and trade the market. Don't trade what you want the market to be? Those are all three great answers. To me, uh, I've been reading, uh, well, I, haven't, I guess I've been reading, but I listened to a daily podcast called The Daily Stoic. And in that, he breaks down meditations by Marcus Aurelius and a bunch of different other Stoic philosophers, whatever. But it did get me writing this weekend. And so what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start posting once or twice a week, just short form essay things for Questions that you guys ask and stuff, I'm going to make a channel in Discord and you guys can read through these loose leaf thoughts. And it's going to be kind of like meditation style. And so the first one I did was this one. You cannot ignore the rules that caught you here. And the way that I interpreted this right off the bat is coming from somebody that's been in the market for 12 years and I speak to traders all the time, both new and experienced. One of the biggest things I see newer traders say, not specifically to me, but in general is I can't wait to get over $25,000 so I don't have to trade around the PDT rule anymore. If you guys have been trading with me or I'm sitting here with me for long enough, you know my answer to this. And it's why the hell would you change anything if you're able to grow an account up to $25,000? You should be able to grow that $25,000 account into something magnificent. If you can, for example, start at 1K, turn it to 25K, what's stopping you from turning it to 625K? You know, long story short, obviously nothing just goes parabolic, but um, don't give up what works. Just to chase the next shiny object is essentially how I took that because what I see even with experienced traders and I fall victim to this as well is that you build a rule set and it provides alpha and you make money and then you're so quick to want to change it because somebody else is making more money or you see something else that you're super interested in and then you just leave behind everything that you've worked for to get to the point where you're at, right? So that's how I interpreted that. Like I said, there's no right or wrong, but it's something to think about. Don't ignore the rules that got you where you are, specifically if you're already a profitable trader. All right? Don't be so quick to open yourself up to more additional risk. Just continue to do what you're doing. You can make a hell of a lot of money being good at just
0: one thing. All right, next thing. Make sure your trading tribe is full of positive people. You don't need to obviously tell me what that is, but why is that a big deal? You become who
2: you're around pretty much. Influence.
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty much, right? It's the Will Smith quote.
1: I don't even know if he's the original person to quote it or if he quoted it. <laughs> but it's the, you're the summation of the, the closest five people of you, right? And what I mean by that, specifically in regards to the community aspect is uh, crypto You know, crypto communities are notorious for this. If you're just shitting on everybody all the time, you're, you're going to be a tumor in the side of everybody around you and it leaks into your trading as well. And so one of the benefits of us having this community here is some of us are more brash than others. Some of us are more open than others, but the simple fact that we're, that we are available to each other when we need help is essential for becoming a better trader. There are very few people in 2021 that will become profitable traders by themselves. The internet is a gift and a curse, but when used properly, it's an amazing tool. And so when you can find the right community, and it's not necessarily only this community, FinTwit, there's other people outside of this community that are valuable as well. When you find those people, make sure you latch onto them, be positive, reciprocate the value. I'm not going to post that quote, but Mike Bellafori posted two that I really liked. From an experience standpoint, some of you guys might have Experiences as well. He says, um, "Put in the p- preliminary effort before you reach out to a successful trader, and if you add value to a successful trader, they will help you. Whether that value is in the, in you know money or time or just the fact that you go and Google shit, make sure that you put in the time and that the group that you're a
0: part of is full of positive people because generally positive uh, creates profits." Okay, a few more. Prioritize the psychological aspect of trading. This is a very open-ended quote, but I want one or two people to talk through why this matters. Mentality is everything. Tell me why.
2: Because it literally control like emotions control your every move and decision. They have a factor in it.
1: Yeah, if your emotions are out of whack, you're
2: not gonna be able to contain your emotions.
1: So this is a pretty not you guys your answers but this statement is like reciprocated by everybody it's like one of those copy and pasted youtube bits where people are like read these top five books to be a you know a good trader and they give you the same five books And you know 97 percent of the people saying it have can't even read <laughs> you know what i mean like they just find something and they just copy and paste it or whatever um uh Give me an example of why or when prioritizing your psychological,
0: uh, you know, notions in trading helped you. Give me a specific example, one or two people. I'm going to go through one
1: after you guys. Give me at least one guys. Give me an give me a time where your psyche helped you
0: or sabotaged you in a trade. Alex is typing. Let's see. So I'll give you one. I'll give you two. The first one is a few days ago, uh, if you guys remember
1: specifically, I was not on the microphone for the majority of the morning, and it was because I was in a bad mood. Uh, and I knew that if I was on the microphone, you know, trading with you guys. That it was going to be detrimental, not only to me, but to you, because I wasn't in the right headspace to be able to help you guys, to be able to even do what I wanted to do within the market. And that was due to some outside factors. And so I realized real quick that if I wasn't in the right mind to trade, what's the best thing you could do? Don't trade. Just don't trade. You have to understand that. By the way, that comes with experience because you've lost while trading while you're mad, trading while you're distracted, is to just step away from the mouse don't take any trades uh calm down which is the biggest thing um but when you get into a certain emotional state where you're not going to be able to perform your best and you are in a performance driven environment where if you don't perform you don't make money and if you don't perform you
0: lose money just don't perform just step out right oops which leads me to the next one. If anybody has a, uh, an example, feel free, by the way. For me, it's just obeying your stops every single time because whenever you're, I'm about to get stopped out, I, I hate it. I don't want to get stopped out,
2: and fight my emotions to stick
0: to the trade plan and you know, sometimes In it sucks God. to see it rebound and, and soar for other people, but I can take
2: solace in knowing at least I was disappointed enough to take the stop when I had the plan.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that's actually going to be the next one we talk about. So I'm glad you brought that up. That'll be the good, a good segue. Little caveat off the one we just talked about: the psychological aspect of trading. A lot of good trades just come from being patient, and I think that over the last five weeks, there, you know, our group specifically has been challenged to remain patient with our trade, and I've. Had some one-on-one conversations in the DMs as well as conversations on the trading floor itself, of uh, people being stopped out of finance plays or energy plays, not necessarily because their stops were hit, but because they didn't feel like it you know was going to work. And then two days later, they would have been not only green, but up huge. And you, know, you shouldn't glorify the loss, right? We're not Wall Street bats. We're not going to say LOL. I fucking love losing. But at the same time, we're not going to kick somebody while they're down in here. We want to turn it into a learning opportunity. And what Mike just said, stick to your original trading plan. Don't stop yourself out early because you just, you're, you've made that plan for a reason. For example, enter at 100, stop at 95. That thing can go to 9501 and you're not going to stop yourself out because that's not the trading plan, right? Stick to it. It was there for a reason. It made sense for your risk versus reward. How many trades did we hold through over the last uh, seven or eight trading days that are now green, that were red? A lot, right? A lot of the materials plays, a lot of the finance plays that started off red, we held for a few days and now all of them more or less are up and they're not up one or two percent. These are up 50 to 75 to 100%, right? So a lot of good trades just come from being patient and patience is a huge part of that psychological aspect, and it's one of your biggest advantages as a swing trader. By the way, you know we need time on our side for these trade ideas to manifest themselves and give us profit. We all know that the majority of our profits come from outside of regular trading hours, so overnight gappers, pre-morning gappers. That is why we swing trade. We take advantage of that, and you need
0: patience to be able to do that. All right, we're going to go through uh, two more, and then we're going to switch. It We don't need to talk about this. Mike just talked about it, but you know, this is a meme,
1: but it's not a meme. You're never going to find a successful technical trader that does not have a stop system in place. I don't care if it's on the books. I don't care if it's mental. I don't care if it's a specific price point. I don't care if it's a relationship that they're watching, You know, an event. I don't care. Every single successful trader has a stop system. Most technical traders are going to be price-based right? That's what we do. We, we trade price action and that's it. Uh, so in, in, within our community and for the majority of the people that you're going to read about on FinTwit and every other social media, it's price based stops. You're very rarely going to find a successful long-term trader without a stop loss system. I'm going to go ahead and say there's zero. Um, this, this quote has been beat to death across every single industry, but, uh, In regards to trading, I'm sure you guys have heard, there are old traders, there are bold traders, but there are no old and bold traders. Essentially, what that means is there are motherfuckers that are going to push the gauntlet and they're going to make a shit ton of money very, very quickly, and then they die. If they don't cut their wins and leave the market, they will eventually lose. It's part of the risk associated with their style of investing or trading. Most of them do not know when to stop. And they will go broke. It happens nearly every single time. On the flip side, you have old traders. Maybe they're not knocking the you know the ball out of the park five hundred times a month like every other person on social media. But they're they're making good living. They're able to live whatever life they want, etc. Maybe they don't drive the Lamborghini or you know, but uh, or the glamorous life of the mansions and everything else. But they're able to trade full time and they're able to do whatever they want. Very rarely you're going to be able to find both of those in one. Right. So. Uh, if you're looking to um, trade without a stop and go balls to the wall you know be my guest but if you're if you make a bunch of money really quick learn to leave the market we had a guy in our group do that last year It's been so long that it feels like a different life but we had a, a trader in our group that uh, made enough money to pay off his entire mortgage he got married and he had enough money to dump into a new money making hobby that he was more interested in And uh, you want to know what he did? He just straight up fucking left. And everyone's like, where did he go? We didn't talk to him for shit. Mike, do you remember? It was like three, four months. And finally, he reached out and was like, sorry for ghosting everybody. um, But I made my money and I realized that I'm not as good as I thought I was. (laughs) And so I just cashed out and I'm going to go do something else. How are you going to hate somebody for that?
0: But it's a great way to sum this up. And by the way, he did not have a stop loss. (laughs) Last two and then we're going to move on. Know your levels and let everyone else pay for the information on whether those levels will hold. Somebody want to break that down for me? It can be broad. Don't front run.
1: So you can take this literally, or you can take this as just a general idea. You're taking it
0: literally, so don't front run. Totally makes sense. Anybody else? You can keep typing, Alex.
1: I like that. I don't think that has anything to do with it, but I like that. Know what you're good at. Totally agree with that. I think a lot of people can take that advice. Know what you're good at and stick to it. One of that kind of that same vibe is get good at get really good at one thing, and you can survive and thrive in this market. You don't need to get your your feet wet and everything. To me, this kind of sounds like let the trade come to you. Uh, Don't force your trade. Let let other people chase. And um, if you stay patient on your plan, then um, you won't. Don't feel like you're following someone else's trade or doing what you want to do. Sure. Yep, that works too. The first time I read this quote, it reminded me of our BRB play. And the reason why hmm. is because what do we what do we wait for on the BRB? We wait for the pullback off of a high volume breakout, right? What are we buying? When we buy at that resistance turn support, what are we essentially buying?
0: We're we're buying
1: the Capitulation from all the people that got on. The- <laughs> We're buying other people's fucking bags. They're underwater. They don't want it anymore. We're buying a breakout at a discount. Let somebody else pay for that information. Fuck them. This is ruthless. We're here to move money from their pockets to our pockets. And so take this general idea and, and generalize it, not to be redundant here, but think about every single opportunity across the market where you're getting information after somebody to make a better informed information the guys that are fomoing into everything are is valuable information and you have an opportunity to make money off of them short sellers think about it think about we always talk about like the short seller group i'm a part of or anything else they will sit there they will sit there and wait like snipers for the front side to end they will not generally try to top tick they will wait for the capitulation candle and then they will participate on the bounce on the backside right pay let other people pay, let other people chase, let other people set the levels and then take advantage afterwards of their greed and everything else, right? So um, the way that I took this was essentially, you know, let other people's losses teach you what to do and what not to do. So the BRB setup was the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I read this though, because that's essentially what we're doing, right? We're trying to uh, take advantage of other people's bullshit. Okay, that's it for that. I really liked it. I was on it all weekend. I was trying to see what was going on with it. And it was good stuff. Next thing we're going to do, um, I'm going to just post something. We're not going to necessarily talk about it, but then we're going to go through Koi and a few charts before we scan. So I grabbed this off of Twitter. I don't disagree with any of it. Uh, I think there's things that you can add into that as well, but just generalized some categories you can look at for risk on, risk off. Uh, I don't remember who I found this off of on twitter but it's all pretty much common knowledge right copper high yield bonds aussie uh, dollar semiconductors high beta names risk off gold treasury bonds yen utility staples generally they're going to be the yin and the yang so copper against gold um, uh aussie versus the yen high yield versus treasury bond we understand these relationships we've looked at them on coifin we'll look at them again but there you can copy and paste it we can also add our own you know, uh, outside of this meetup, we can think what else is uh, generally indicative of risk on and risk off. Maybe we could build a, a custom little uh, a chart that we look at. Right, that's where I originally grabbed this. They have their own custom chart, and they just chart risk on versus risk off. If it's moving up, it's risk on; moving down, it's risk off.
0: Their chart was risk on. U.S. sectors, three-month, one-month, five-day. Anything stand out? Anything screaming at you? First thing that screams at me is, thank God we stayed in energy. Yes, I was going to say energy still, still ripping.
1: Finance is ripping. I don't know Consumer. about you guys, but the last you know four weeks of trading has been the best of, of this year for me. In both my equities and my options account. Uh, The fact that we were able to grab energy so early on in the trend is what I'm talking about when it comes to the sector strength and rotation. When we can identify trends early and grab positions early and just do nothing with them, they compound over time. And there's plenty of examples. We have a few guys in here have hit all-time highs in their accounts. I spoke with, uh, you know, I I publicly said it, sorry, TD, but uh, TD, even if uh, part of the trade was uh, a different ticker, he added 40% to one of his accounts uh, over the last few weeks. It's just when you can catch trends in general early, the whole point of our system of swing trading is that you want to stick with the winning trades as long as you can. Kudos to everybody that was able to stick with energy finance, as well hitting a three month high, relatively speaking, not necessarily the easiest sector to be holding, but it is on a three-month high. If you also go to the one month, it is uh, second place. There it did pop up and over the five-day. The five-day I think is the most uh, telling here with exactly XLY, consumer discretionary. So we we charted XLY last Sunday, and we also charted XLY the week, uh, I think the Wednesday before last Sunday, and we started identifying different
0: names. You guys remember like two or three of those names or. Or at the very minimum, which industries they were? EV. What was it? Clean Clean Energy. energy. Was it Clean Energy and EV?
1: Yeah. That's not the answer I was going for, but yes. (laughs) 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 Within consumer discretionary. It was MGM. It was MGM, Caesar. uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Ho, uh, Hilton, hotels. Marriott, IGT. It was hotels and casinos, right? We And we charted those like, man, almost two weeks ago at this point, I believe. I might be off. But it was a while ago. And if you look at them now, they have continued to outperform. As a matter of fact, in the trust and trading floor at the beginning of last week, I listed out hotel leisure and uh, gambling or casino-related stocks that were poised to do well because based off of their last one month of relative performance they were doing very well. They continued to do relatively well. Not all of them but that area was doing very well within XLY. What's the other, which Mike kind of alluded to, what's the other industry within XLY that was doing well? There's really only three industries in XLY that were doing well. Hotels, casinos, and luxury was one. What were the other two?
0: Um, car manufacturers?
1: Yeah, right. and then one other one. It has to do with that. It was automobiles and auto manufacturing or auto manufacturer components or whatever, right? So it was like the uh, think blink and shit like that. The smaller industries that not the Ford and stuff, but the things that are building the infrastructure for the cars, et cetera, shit like that was popping off as well. So those were the three big industries within XLY that we had identified early on um, last week, possibly late two weeks ago. They continued to run and now look at XLY. Posted it on Friday. What did XLY do? All-time highs. So follow the industry strength within the sector. XLY is now obviously a very clean, clear buying opportunity. So we're going to dive into that tonight. So talk about industries really quick. I don't want to push this off too far. Anything stand out here?
0: By the way, I saw Dusty say dump energy. We're going to talk about that in a sec. What do you guys see here within the U.S. industries?
2: Oil and Oil finance, can,
0: yeah, yeah. So they continue, they continue to do
1: really well on the five day chart. It's going to show you that Tan once again outperformed. But one, you know, I want to say one thing. Eventually, Tan and PBW are going to win. How many times have we seen Tan and PBW at the top of the five day chart and then do nothing over the next like five weeks? <laughs> it dumps on us every time we get it. And I'm in one <laughs> position s p w r and i'm sure i'm gonna fucking take a loss on it for the 10th time so don't get lured in until tan and pbw really start showing a move on their individual charts i took that one position because i wanted a piece if this was the time sun power was showing the greatest relative strength within tan i literally just bought based off of that i'm not down massively on it i am down though i just want to point that out so if you go to the one-month chart, you can see that TAN did tick upwards, and then uh, the last two days start to tick back. So did I get faked out? I'm, you know, This week will probably let me know or stop me out if I do. But as of right now, the big three industries are still XOP, OIH, and KRE. One thing I do want to point out, though, since we're talking about the one-month chart in particular, look at the rate of change on these industries. Can you name one or two uh, industries that showed a lot of strength over the last, uh, I would say, one or two trading weeks? Just look at the it doesn't have to be scientific. Look at the slopes of the lines. It's hard to tell down there at the bottom, but are there any slopes that have just sloped up?
0: Since we'll say October 7th. That green one. SMH? No. Tan.
1: Tan's one of them. That's why I bought it like an asshole. IGV is going to be another one. So we saw the the res- resurgence, the tech. Um, There are some semiconductor names that are showing strength. AMD is one of them. But overall, semiconductors have not rallied like AMD has. Is that going to change? Maybe. But IGV is going to be one of those industries that is showing relative strength over the entire growth market, IGV being your software name. So something to watch going into this week. We're going to see what pops up on the scanner tonight. But more or less, if IGV continues to show strength over the next few it could be a buying opportunity for growth names again. It is showing that something is brewing there right now. I'm not going to include this, this chart. We talked about it on Friday, though. Mid-cap growth outperformed every other market cap last week. Mid-cap growth. That is like your DOCN. Pull up DOCN. There's a few of, uh, few of us that are in that. Mid-cap growth did outperform. So IGV is and should be viewed as an opportunity going into next week.
0: Fucking guy can't, learn to drive a manual or what? Sorry if you guys can hear this car next to me. All right. From what we know about risk on, risk off, what is this telling us? I'm not going to tell you what it is because you should know the symbols. It's copper to Australian dollar, and I
1: would say risk on. It's copper to not Australian dollar, but close. Oh, it's gold. Yeah, gold. (laughs) 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 That's a
2: weird (laughs) combination to be looking
1: at. Okay, so the reason why I'm posting this is because we've actually looked at this relationship in the past uh, when we wanted to understand, you know, what was going on with risk on, risk off opportunities, and at the time we said risk on and it worked. So I pulled it up once again. This is also what happened. This is part of that relationship I posted earlier about risk on, risk off. If you look at the price of copper versus the price of gold, it gives you that relative strength ratio. What is this screaming at you right now? This is on the daily chart. Risk is on. Investors prefer copper to gold. And what did we learn six months ago, eight months ago in here. For the newer guys, you probably don't know this, but we learned that copper is a, has a strong relationship with
0: which sectors? Tech and consumer discretionary. Those are risk-on sectors.
1: So copper is blowing gold out of the motherfucking water right now. That's risk-on. We're going to go through a few more. You guys are going to learn these relationships. It's going to help you guys.
0: Okay, how about this one, TD? The Australian dollar versus the Japanese yen, right? Yeah, money's
1: pouring out of a perceived uh, safe haven. Ex- exactly. So when money is leaving a safe haven, what is that telling us?
0: That it's looking for opportunity. And to looking for opportunity.
1: Down. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the relationship between these two is Japanese yen is generally viewed as a safe haven currency. The Australian dollar is used as a speculative risk on tool. When you see this ratio moving to the upside, that
0: means risk is entering the market What is IWM to us? Risk on the chart. Risk on,
1: right? The only time you want to invest in small caps is if you have money to throw and you're willing to throw it at the riskiest shit because there's potential outlandish rewards. Here is the channel that we have been trading in for the majority of this year with the cute little symmetrical triangle that everybody has charted, charted on there. Is this risk on or risk off or is it neutral?
2: I want to say risk on, but then there's the prior pivot high.
0: I would say it's still neutral.
2: Until we get up
1: out of that jam. Yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. If you said neutral bull or bear, I, I don't think anybody would be able to argue with you. Uh, most people are looking at that symmetrical triangle breakout as an opportunity to go long into small caps. Is that going to manifest itself this week? Maybe, but also maybe not. So I think we're still stuck in this chop until we clear that 234 level within IWM. You know, We've been faked out before. The one thing that we have noticed over the last month and a half, though, is the coiling effect of IWM. If you guys have been through the the TA crash course, you know the different types of volatility bands that can be used, Bollinger Bands, ATR, et cetera. If you went through the Bollinger Band video, you know that the Bollinger Band squeeze
0: essentially tells us that as volatility diminishes, what can we expect as traders? What happens to a large a large move
1: on a breakout. It doesn't say up or down, but it does say that generally as volatility dies down, there should be a violent breakout or breakdown. If you follow that sort of thinking, which most people do, this could be the beginning of a violent breakout to the upside. I still think that you know we have a, some significant overhead resistance to fight through with IWM, but if the market is going to make its next leg higher, you want IWM to be backing that, all right?
0: View the other charts and we'll start scanning. I really like this chart. It's not as clean as the other ones, but it is nice. So I don't expect you guys to know
1: SPHB. It's your high beta names. SPLV is your low beta names. All you have to know and understand with the relationship between these two is that in a raising high beta environment risk is coming into the market, right? That makes sense. People willing to trade higher volatility names typically are looking for more reward, which in turn brings on more risk. Uh, I'm sure you could chart some sort of pennant on that. I didn't bother charting it. You see a little bit of an inverse head and shoulder breakout over that 1.18 ratio line. This chart is also telling us that risk is coming into the market. I'm going to post three charts in a row, going to take two seconds, and we're going to look at some sectors and then scan. Dow Jones Industrial, everybody talks about this. Most people don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but I'm posting this specifically just to show you guys one specific thing. We haven't talked about this lately, but we know and understand
0: the very basics of the Actually, post or no? For some reason, that isn't going to post,
1: so that's fine. That's jo- the Dow Jones. Somebody post the Dow Jones transportation. How about that? Okay. So, Dow Jones industrial, you don't even need to post it. Dow Jones transportation. If you guys understand Dow theory, which some of you probably do, we've talked about it frequently frequently in here. Essentially, what he said was when the industrial average and the transportation average are both moving up, we are in a bull market. This was 100 plus years ago. Things are a little more complicated now. But the idea holds true. When the general indexes are moving in the same direction, everything seems to be working better and price tends to move higher easier. On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we saw the averages between the industrial and transportation sectors within the Dow Jones both make a violent moves to the upside. That is very, very good for risk. Last chart regarding these. You have the Dow Jones Industrial plus the Dow Jones Transportation against XLU, which is typically used kind of like we use copper and gold. We want to look at utilities versus the Dow Jones Industrial and Transportation. What is that ratio telling us? Risk is coming into the market. People would rather own the riskier areas of the Dow Jones, right? The industrials and the transportations, and they're selling the utilities. So here is a bunch of different data telling you, screaming at you, that risk is entering the market over the last week. It's up to us to figure out where that is going, right? We're going to look at three sectors because these are the three that made new highs. There's your energy. So I want you to look at the line chart. Give me a one-word answer. Are you buying or selling energy? If you're already in a position, just say buy. we will just use buy as a neutral. If you know anything about TA and you see this fucking chart, and if you tell me sell when you're in this group, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. You do not sell all-time highs. Exactly. You hodl the shit out of this as long as you're already in a position. You do not sell all-time highs. You can scale out, don't get me wrong, and we've gone through that process. You want to take profits, turn this into a free trade? By all means, yes, 100%. You want to de-risk? Yeah, 100%. But if you're looking to completely exit this position and then buy positions that are depreciating, I'm going to hit you. Like I will physically fly to your house and punch you in the fucking face because you spend enough time in here to know that statistics are against that. All right? and I love you guys. Do not sell your winning positions to buy shit. XLE is still a winner. The market will tell us when it's not. The guys that sold over the last week
0: are absolutely regretting it as of Friday's close. Okay? Two more charts. Mystery chart. Good or bad? Good. Delicious. Delicious. Let's see what it is.
1: One, two, three, four times. Three times at least. Tested. Breakout. Finance, all-time high. Bank There's a guy in here. I don't know if he's actually in here right now. Obviously not going to drag somebody through the mud. He bought XLF. He sold XLF because he thought there was going to be weakness. Totally fine. Like I said, we don't kick people when they're down. Use it, use it as a learning experience. As long as we see relative strength in the market, we are going to hold these positions unless we get stopped out on a technical level. XLF closed at an all-time high. That's it. Murder, she wrote. That's fucking it. Hold the positions as long as they make sense. Sell them prior. Last chart. Mystery chart. Good or bad? I'm sure you guys know which one this is. You see the
0: theme here. Good or bad? It's fucking good, right? So what
1: is this? What sector is this? Someone is to scream it at me? Why have we been in finance for five weeks, bro? <laughs> You've been screaming about Wells Fargo for five weeks, and we've been in we've been in finance for five weeks. We're on the same side. So, what sector is this? It's XLY. Consumer discretionary all time highs. And we've been charting this for over the last week. Last probably two weeks. And then we've been entering positions. I mean, my IGT position, I've been in for two. My IGT position, I know I've been in for two weeks. And so I know we charted these as a group because I don't buy anything that I don't chart with you guys, which is kind of cool. But all right, so we have it. XLE, XLF, XLY. Those are the three sectors. that hit all-time highs last week. Those are the sectors that are going to show up tonight. I have not scanned at all. I'm going to do everything with you guys live. I have no pre, pre-biases or anything. But I can tell you based off of this, that those three sectors are going to be where the majority of the 50-day highs are. Okay, and by the way, I didn't mean that as a rude way, Wyatt. We're on the same side, though. Yeah, we've been charting finance for a long time, and uh, we've essentially just been, you know, sitting in the longs as long as they make sense. So, oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad you can publicly shame them. I won't, but I appreciate if you do. All right, let's pull up Finviz and scan. Or pulling up Finviz, I will post the scanning settings for the newer guy. You can find them in scanner settings if you want to do this any other time. If you have any questions while we're doing this, feel free to type them out in meetups. We can talk through them. Pull this up. So what I want you to do really quick before you post, Josh, um, before you post, before you fuckers post, Jesus Christ, <laughs> post post the ticker name, space, and then post the sector, sector name. So for example, M-A-R space X-L-Y, and then post the chart. That way, it's easier for me when I search through the threads to be able to figure out exactly when they were posted. Do that for me, please. Perfect. Yeah. Not cyclical, fucker. (laughs) XLY would be cyclical. Because I'm not going to search for cyclical. Since you guys are doing this, I'm actually going to do the big blue uh, sky scan first. So. James, I'm gonna kill you, dude. What? <laughs> XLF.
0: <laughs> oh shit. Cyclical is XLY. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cyclical is XLY. There you go. Perfect. Okay. All right. Let me pull up the big blue sky scanner. There's your big blue sky scanner, that's scanning for 50-day highs. We're also going to scan for zero to three percent
1: below 50-day highs in a second. So three three tickers come up. One of them is going to be a financial shell, so skip that. We have DTM, which is too far gone. A number of us are already in DTM. It's an energy name, but also ME, which is twenty-three and me.
2: Do you reckon using uh, above 250 MA's might be better with the big blue guys? Big blue skies.
0: The 200-day MA
2: a price above 250 mainly to avoid ME type stocks.
1: Uh if you want to what do you mean? Say that one more time? Sorry, I'm like doing Well, if it's listening. above
2: if price is above 250, it'd be more in an uptrend rather than like a stock like ME which is near the lows.
1: I don't know what the fuck you're talking
0: about.
2: Oh, I see in, what you're talking about. Envis is price above 200. Yeah. SMA. Got it. So ME is only up
1: here because I have, well, no, I mean MA. ME doesn't look bad. It's not necessarily going to be all-time highs. But if you look at it, I have line graph on right now because I was just charting all that stuff. If you look at it on a line chart, it actually doesn't look bad. So I'm going to post it anyway, just for transparency. But you're right. If I can filter out those shell companies, yes.
2: Oh, okay, flip to candle from technicals makes a lot of difference. If <laughs> you look at a technical, it looks horrible. I don't know why
1: AMPL is not on my scan. Go ahead and do me a favor, and uh, that should be there unless it has just absolute dog shit volume. So do me a favor really quick and check the volume on that and let's see what it says. Yeah, it's recent, IP- recent IPO, so it's, the volume's not huge yet. Is it below 500,000? That's what I have right now. Friday was 790,000. I mean, Double. the average is below you know because it don't have a lot of history about. It.
0: Yeah.
1: The the average is less than a million. It's 874k. That should still be on my scanner though because I have average volume. Oh, I have over 500,000. Yeah, it's not up for me on, on Finvis. Yeah, it's
0: not for me either. So, very weird, but yeah, that should definitely be there. Yes. I I agree. AM AMPL should be on there and it will be It's not coming up on FinViz because AMPL is not even on FinViz. No worries, it'll be on there. We have it up. That's
1: exactly where we want to buy it. So yeah, it'll be. on Ne, like I said, it's it's uh, dumpster fire, but that is a playable level there at nine dollars.
0: So. Isn't that the um the. DNA testing. Yep. Everything else we're already in, or
1: we've charted Ryan's on there. I'm not gonna take the time to rechart Ryan, but but Woof.
0: I know Woof was uh, IPO'd a while ago, but yeah, Woof sucks actually. It is a consumer cyclical though, so I'm gonna post it for transparency. All right, give me two seconds to go back to the normal scanner. Those are the only two big blue sky names that i see besides AMPL. AMPL is 100% going to be a playable name tomorrow. So I'll come up with a trade ID on that. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to show you guys. I've got to find it really quick on my phone. Hang on. You guys see the picture i just posted yeah somebody tell me the date 2001 no
2: 1933
0: tell me the fucking date on
1: the front of the cover
2: oh it actually says it 2000
1: no it's not 2000 <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 2020 september 19th 2020 it was last year <laughs> Almost a year ago, it was 12 or 13 months ago, 21st century power. What is this front cover of The, front cover of the Economist telling us? Well, just give me the general theme here. Maybe buy green energy, buy solar, buy everything. What has TAN and PBW done in 2021
0: besides shit the bed and underperform every other industry? Nothing. Absolute dog shit, right? Look what they just posted. So
1: is it time? <laughs> I mean, there is a very, very legitimate case of selling shit The Economist says and selling shit Wall Street Journal says. You know, there is definitely, You know, eventually we're going to be selling our energy names. It can't go on forever. But don't sell them because of a magazine cover. I just want this <laughs> archived in our group so we can talk shit about the media if this actually does come to pass. Dusty, I'm not taking a break from candles. Uh, line charts give you one advantage. Does anybody know what line charts give you
0: advantage over? Seeing Figure that. out the noise. Figure, yeah. So what does a line chart actually graph?
2: Closes.
1: One single point. Yeah, it's the close. So it doesn't give you the open, it doesn't give you the ranges, it just gives you this, the close. And so what it can do in a choppy chart, or if you're just looking for overall relationship uh, ideas, a line chart can get rid of those nasty wicks that maybe bias your opinion. So I was just
0: charting all day in line charts because I enjoy doing that, I just haven't switched over. Okay, let's start going through some of these charts. Um, While you guys post your stuff, I have my scanner up and I'm just gonna do a quick sentiment check. 50-day highs, over one million. Optionable, over two billion, we have 157 names. Sort by sector, I'm giving it the quick eye eye pass. A few materials names, which is awesome. Decent amount of consumer cyclicals,
1: which is awesome.
0: Let's see. Half of page two, all of page three, and half of page four is energy. Half of page four, all of page five, and half of page six is finance. Only two healthcare names. We have an entire page of industrials, which we haven't talked about, and
1: that's fine. I don't know if they're ready yet. And we have a handful of real estate and a handful of tech. So we're still looking at the right areas here. Energy and finance. Tech is starting to peak up, though. I just want to throw that out there now. I think we should start charting some of these maybe tomorrow. So take today to chart energy and finance, and tomorrow focus
0: on tech. XLY as well today, sorry. All right, let's go through a few of these names. I want to come up with at least five. First one that comes off the top of my head is AMLP. I want that. So I'm looking at AMLP really quick.
1: First thing that I notice is I'm not sure if there's going to be a BRB on AMLP. I don't think there's a high enough volume day on Friday to merit a pullback. It'd be amazing if there was, but I don't think that there is. So this is going to be one of those break range high of the day and buy right. So tomorrow, if you're looking to trade AMPL, obviously I'll write all this out. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to grab this off of a, a range break high. I don't
0: see this pulling back statistically at least. So let's go ahead and pin that one first. See what else. I think uh, a Bitcoin name is good. James posted Mara.
1: Someone do me a favor. Look at Riot and it's Silvergate. F-
2: Riot is performing worse than Mara, so I chose it. It's still in a downtrend.
0: Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, pin Mara.
2: Is Silvergate just SI?
0: Yes, I believe.
2: High type flag.
0: Post it Yep I don't know when I tried that by the way. <laughs> Could be. The good thing though is that uh, considering most of
1: these names move with BTC, if Bitcoin is going to drop, it's gonna drop before the market opens more or less. so.
2: I um, posted a chart. There's supposed to be another ETF uh, that's going to be
0: approved tomorrow. And this is an actual ETF for the actual Bitcoin, not the, not on the futures. I can't pin more. So The CFX have an options chain? JBHT looks amazing. JBHT is a BRB setup.
1: Potentially episodal pivot as well. We're probably going to get a pullback on JBHT and this pop-up happened on earnings. Something happened with JBHT. That's a gigantic break. That is a gap and go. Should get a pullback tomorrow based off of volume. JBHT looks like something you'd want to get in if you want exposure to industrials which is not red, red lighted yet, or at the time. So JBHT, CFX looks good as well. I don't know if CFX is gonna have a, a chain though, so if somebody wants to check that. It's a bullish momentum crossover to the upside on the MACD.
0: High volume potential breakout with a small BRB setup. Yeah, there's too many good-looking charts. That's a problem. How do you start filtering
1: through these? A lot of these look good. Okay, so we have one uh, big blue sky, AMLP. We
0: have a finance, Mara. We have two XLIs, JBHT, CFX. I want one energy name. Never mind. uh, Looking at CRM, Josh posted, looks
1: like it would be a decent buy here. So this is going to be a tech play. Maybe it would be smart to throw a tech name in there just in case this is the beginning of a a bigger move, right?
0: CRM. HDXLY. Jesus Christ, there's too many good ones. I like the HAL chart too. The problem is, is that we charted HAL two
1: and a half, three, four weeks ago. Nobody, <laughs> nobody fucking took it. Matter of fact, I typed it out and said, I'm going to be waiting for HAL and then just never, I can't complain. I'm in a bunch of very good performing energy names, but HAL definitely was a runner as well. So I have six names there. I mean, realistically we could have half or three fourths of the charts we just posted on the watch list. But that at that point, it's not a watch list. It's a, it's nothing. So, AMLP covers the BBS, MARA gives us finance, JBHT, CFX gives us industrial, CRM gives us tech, and HD gives us consumer discretionary. Those are the six I'm going to officially put in there. If I see anything that absolutely screams must buy, I'll put that in there as well. But for the time being, it's a very...
0: Post it again? Is that... Post HUT again? Like I said... Yeah, Hut as well, yes. All right, give me one sec. Spotify, it's been nice. I'm ending Craig.